This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Michael Zuber with One Rental at a Time. Let me quickly check the volume here. That's what happens when we do these things live. I forget sometimes. Ah, we are good. So real quick, uh, Happy is uh, right here. She is sleeping. Uh, she had a pretty rough morning. She's still a puppy. And uh, let's just say she had an upset stomach I've been dealing with all morning. So I am going to let her sleep and not wake her up. So uh, that is what it is. So that was that was my morning. I hope your morning was a lot more fun than my morning. My morning started early and it hasn't stopped, if you know what I mean. But we still had time to read the daily financial news. A couple of quick things. I do want to highlight that extra special guest I had yesterday, Aaron Norris from Property Radar and the Norris Group. Uh, we had three great conversations First and foremost, re, we revisited the California crash article that uh, his father, he and his father put out, I think back in 2004, maybe early 2005. It was the article, it was the meeting, it was the event that saved Olivia and I. It was the thing that I highlighted in my book, that book right there, uh, that allowed us to 1031 into apartments because the California real estate market, specifically Fresno, California, was simply unaffordable, said the affordability index. Uh, so again, we revisit that. And then we took the conversation into, hey, it's California. You don't going to have a California crash 2.0. Everybody on YouTube screams crash. So Aaron and I talked about it and I thought it was a uh, very cool conversation. From there, we went to talk about SB9 and SB10. These are things that Gavin Newsom signed two days after surviving the recall. And uh, basically, SB9 gets rid of single-family zoning. So, don't know where you come down on that, but yes, single-family zoning. And then SB10 allows you, in some instances, to buy a house, knock it down, and build a 10-unit building. Upzoning is what it is called. So again, great conversation. Aaron is a wonderful individual. He is going through some stuff personally, but still gave us time. So Aaron, thanks, buddy. Keep fighting the fight. You got this, and you looked really good yesterday, man. So uh, take care of yourself. Um, let's start with Evergrande. This, this is an ongoing event. It is being talked about a lot on YouTube. Uh, there's a couple of things that I want to highlight first. Let's first give credit to Andrew Left. He was a research analyst at Citron Research. He highlighted the um, insolvency issues in Evergrande in a research note published on June 21st, 2012. Folks, Evergrande has been, according to this report, which I have looked at, uh, a house of cards since 2012. It was bailed out by a rising property market. It used accounting tricks, bribery, off-balance sheet things. It is... Interesting to see how long this bubble blew up in China. And now the question is how much farther it will go. So again, this is not new. 
This is the point of this. This has been going on for my math nine years. And now it is time to pay up, right? All bubbles, all fraud eventually pops. Think Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff was riding high until the stock market slowed down. He couldn't keep raising money and he went to jail. This is kind of what's happening in China right now. I believe the China real estate market, the real estate market is slowing down. China's real estate market has been a bubble of all bubbles. We talked about that over the weekend, even before Evergrande popped. They're, if, for memory serves, they are 40 times income, right? Take the average income times 40, that's the price. And in the United States, it's somewhere like 12 to 15, depending on the city of memory serves. So crazy craziness. Other things that I've researched is, did you know that in urban cities of China, that the average urban citizen or family, I guess I should say, let's say family, not individual family, owns one and a half homes. Yes, much of the wealth that has been created in China the last decade is in the property market. These are things that you have to understand. And then you got to think about what Chinese leadership is doing. Chinese leadership is going uh, to punish the rich. Right, went after tech stocks. Jack Ma was kind of the first victim, at least the first victim I remember. Went after tech stocks, went after uh, gaming, went after education. And believe me, they want to take these billionaires in the property market and whack them. Just to give you a size of Evergrande's $300 billion, it's roughly 3 trillion won, apparently. Uh, that, that boils down to about 2% of China's yearly GDP. So, That'll catch your attention, right? This isn't like two-tenths of your GDP. This is two full percentage points, so that will catch your attention. 40% uh, of property owners in China's urban core own a property created by Evergrande. Significant. So when Evergrande starts to say, I'm not paying my debt, will you take this building, will you take this parking lot, will you take this retail strip instead of money? That is going to cause a real estate, oh, I don't know. I don't want to quite call it a collapse, but let's just say Evergrande properties will be trading at lower and lower and lower and lower and lower values, which is going to hurt citizens. Um, yeah, it is, it is very interesting. And I guess the last thing to point out is there are 12 million owners of Evergrande properties, 12 million. So pretty, pretty significant. Um, I think there's a couple of things going on right now. Again, will China's central government step in and bail out Evergrande? At least not what you and I would consider a bailout. Absolutely not. I don't think the, the central government gives a rat's tail about the billionaires in the company. As far as they're concerned, they can go. I don't think China's central government cares about foreign capital. They can go. They can go to zero. These are things that you need to realize is going on in China. They are they're becoming more kind of they they were they had capitalistic tendencies the last decade or two. Those are retreating and definitely going socialist. So what does that mean? That means that foreign capital frankly should stop going to China or if it does, it will go at much much higher rates. These are all things that will be the outcome of what is happening right now. The decisions that Chinese government make right now will impact the ent entire Chinese 
market and their ability to raise foreign capital. These are big decisions going on. Uh, in addition to that, some things that Evergrande have done in the past, besides all these off-balance sheet moves, uh, they've actually been known to uh, incent uh, people with Dyson purifiers and Gucci bags. I thought that was an interesting highlight in the article. I would call that bribing, but hey, you call it what you want. Uh, and right now, it is very clear that Evergrande is conserving cash. This was actually a conversation that Greg Dickerson and I, and I had yesterday. I believe it was topic number two, posted at noon. I'm like, Greg, you're a builder, you're a developer, you went through the crash last time, your assets were worth less, what did you do? So Evergrande is running the same playbook. They're doing everything they can to conserve cash, which includes giving away incomplete units and whatnot. So they are trying to conserve cash, which is very interesting. So uh, I think they are done for. We shall see. I think the Chinese government, frankly, wants to make a wants to put their head on a block and basically say, don't do this. Bad, bad people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but what happens is the Chinese property market, as I shared the other day, is 28% of the GDP. That will make you pucker up and see what is going on. So my question is what happens to other property developers, right? What is the contagion? And I'm not talking about debt contagion. I'm not talking about CDOs that blew up our real estate market. I'm saying, hey, Evergrande goes bad. Can other property developers still raise capital or have they, their ability to raise capital been reduced? They used to pay 6%. Now they have to pay 16, right? What is going on? I think there will be quite a few other property developers that go kaput. And that will be what catches China's central government. They may have to create lending facilities because foreign capital is not going to like how they are treated, in my opinion. So uh, it is very interesting what is going on. Outside of that news, that news consumed about an hour of my reading this morning, but I did see some things. Uh, a couple other things going on. It looks like Google is stepping up to to spend $2.1 billion, that is what they be, folks, billion dollars on a New York office building. Uh, I believe it's called St. John's Terminal. I believe I got that from the article. But yes, they are a tenant, and now they're like, you know what? Let's buy the damn thing. So Google believes in property ownership. Good move, Google. Looks like Uber has raised guidance this morning. They are saying that they are seeing uh, increased traffic, increased rides. Uh, their gross bookings are up, and they see the trend moving forward. Looks like some housing stats are coming out, and at least from the builders, not very good. Both Lennar and Dr. Horton have basically said the next three months or the end of the year are going to um, suck, right? They are supply chain prices, all these things going on. Dr. or no, Lennar actually said they had initially planned to uh, release twenty over twenty thousand completed homes. Now they're only going to hit eight. They might hit 18,000. For the math majors in the room, that is a 10% miss. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt revenue. That's going to hurt cost. It is uh, unpleasant to be a builder right now. And again, remember, we've been talking about dead days and windows and shingles and lumber. Rough, rough. Uh, and then finally, housing starts uh, actually had a surprise jump, 3.9%. But when you scratch the number, single family down, 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 single family, down almost 3%.
the rise in housing start was all multifamily. Multifamily was up 52%, 52.6. Folks, what is going on in the rental market? Rents are going up. When rents go up, people go, hmm, I should build some multifamily. This is all normal. This is what is going on. So again, lots of stuff going on. Uh, make sure you watch the videos from Aaron Norris, California Crash 2.0, SB9, SB10, especially if you're in California. There might be a way to make some money. Making some money is never a bad thing. So again, thank you very much, folks. Uh, we do have the Lumberjack. We confirmed this morning. We have my real estate entrepreneur. And uh, I have some other stuff that might be a surprise later in the day. Take care. Bye-bye.